everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic today, we are going to be talking about everyone's favorite thing. Well, most people's favorite thing, at least uh, it definitely in service side, uh, bow hunting public land whitetails. Uh, we have field staff member, longtime field staff member. He's been in service side, pretty much one of the OGs here, um, John Nails. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. What's going on? John, did I say your last name right? I never said it out loud before. So. Uh, it's Nalls. A lot of people Nalls. say <laughs> I figured as much. I probably should have asked that in the beginning, but I'm the worst. I know uh, I'm just one of those people that butcher butcher last names. But what you up to, man? No, uh, no hunting today. No, unfortunately, we can't hunt in Pennsylvania on Sunday. We're one of the oh, only yeah. few states you can't. I think like us, Maine. There's a there's. I think there's like four or five. Yeah. So I've just been. Me and my wife just bought a house. We settled here in October, so we've been packing stuff up all weekend. I've been watching the cell cam light up all day from a <laughs> Bow Creek, so that's been a little painful. Dang, man. Well, I, that stinks. I, I know. I'm wondering if that law ever changed uh, to get you. It's crazy how you can – all the stuff you can do on Sunday and you can't hunt. Yeah, and I, I never really thought about it, like, growing up. Like, once I got older and I had a job, like, I, yeah. I worked in a – field mill and i worked two on two off so i was like you know it never really bothered me until this year i started working for my parents as a warehouse manager and it's like you know me and the wife we have one or two days you know we can sneak out there in a week and saturday it's like man it'd be really nice to hunt sunday i don't think they'll ever change it you don't think so no they gave us like three sundays to hunt one in archery one in bear and one in rifle i mean they're so gracious here in this state <laughs> well i will I say i mean shoot i'm actually surprised they did that but you know I, I think it'll eventually change man i'm honestly surprised well honestly with a lot of things but we won't get into it in this episode of of things that not only is it good for conservation um but the amount of money that like would bring that state i mean i know we all yeah. kind of it's one of those like you know catch 22 things like obviously i don't want five thousand new people hunting in my backyard either but it's one of those yeah. things too where it's like okay more money for licenses hopefully more money for conservation because you know i actually have and I, i'm like you man i didn't think about it till i was an adult but i've had conversations with people that are like i'm not wasting money on a license i can't even hunt sundays and i work six days a week like, yeah yeah no, that's for me. You know, I'm working five, 10 hour days. You know, I sneak out one or two days during the week, but it's like, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, have that extra full day to hunt. But I know, man. And you know what? Believe it or not, Sundays are actually my day that I hunt. Um, it's really hard for me to get out on a Saturday um, and, you know, just trying to compromise. And obviously I can go, but, you know, having a, a newborn, I try to compromise as much as I can. But Sundays are my day where I can almost literally 99% of the time make it work, where I can go on some type of hunt, even if it's a full day hunt. And mm -hmm. uh, if I, if my state didn't offer that, I'll be honest with you. I would probably hunt maybe less than half a dozen times a year, if if that. So yeah, I mean Sunday was always like when I was working the two on two off. Sunday was always you know check cameras, you know do a little scouting. Right, yeah, I dropped a pin there. Let's go check this out. But you know, I mean, I get it. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, man. And I've I've oh, I've talked to a bunch of people in socials actually lately. You know, people that are they're definitely fighting it. So it's definitely a good fight and. Um, you know, hopefully this episode brings some awareness to it. I, I just, I don't know, man. I really, I think it's crazy. I grew up in Virginia, so it was the same thing. But, you know, as an adult, I worked shift work uh, to a certain point where the weekdays was when I had my days off. So it never really affected me. And I was like, man, this is so cool to be able to hunt during the weekdays like everyone else at work. And then, you know, when I started working for service site, I, I don't work weekends. Um, so that's like the first time my whole life. And then when that happened, I... I can't go, you know, a lot of my hunting when I travel and do hunt links is on the weekend. So a lot of states I go to, I have to do like a, my Friday, Saturday is my weekend, you know, and then Sunday is like yep. travel day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But maybe it'll change, man. I think it's the Stone Age, but, you know, who knows? I can't speak to PI. You know, if it was down here, it'd definitely be in the Stone Age because think about how many people can't go out with their kids. You know, kids are in school during the week. How do you take your kid or your grandkid or... Yeah, they have sports on Saturday. I know a lot yep. of my nephews, they have cheerleading or soccer or something on the weekends. It's like, you know, you'd have no time. But, I mean, I don't know. I think eventually they'll change it, but not, not right now. Well, I hope so, man. But 
Um, that's definitely something we'll have to talk on more, especially I keep seeing legislation going, so you know maybe it'll get heated, but that's not what this episode's about. We're going to talk about um, some awesome hunting whitetail uh, during bow season uh, on public land, which, you know, when I say that, that you're one of the first people I think of in service side, um, you know, if you don't mind kind of to segue us into this episode, tell us a little bit about that spot and stalk buck that you killed last year. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a spot and stalk, right? You were in the ghillie suit and stuff. I'd love to hear that story. I've never actually heard it out loud and that, that'll segue us in here real, pretty nice. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't really a, a spot and stalk, uh, as much as, I don't know, like a ground and pound. I took my uh, 1.0, and I had a camera hanging in some public uh, right off the edge of a cut. That's what I like to hunt, you know, because most of the times they go in and cut, they'll leave all the straight standing trees with no limbs on it, and you get in there in your mobile setup or saddle or whatever, and, you, I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, I had deer stop at like 80 yards and look down my direction. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a it was a big field there by home in uh, central PA, and uh, – I had a cell camera in there and I was actually going in to kill a bigger buck. I was like, man, if I get an east wind, I'll say, I can go in there, you know, with a good approach, you know, downwind, not bump anything going in. And uh, I knew this, there was like three good buck in there, but like one morning, like early October, I had a picture of this buck. I called him a freak. He was real goofy on his one side. I had a picture of him at 545 and a mile in a straight line. My buddy Darren had a picture of him at like 8.30 in the morning, like on the other end of this cut. And uh, his big eight was showing up. He was showing up like every day, like within legal shooting life. And he had like another three, 400 yards to go till he hit this big uh, crop field. And I was like, well, I'm going in there. So I grabbed my ghillie suit top and uh, my lone wolf 1.0 went in there. I never really found a tree where, you know, I thought, yeah, I could probably get away with that. You know, I'm six six, so I mean, I kind of stick out in a tree, and uh, I found a big blowdown. And I actually sat up in a blowdown on a limb, had the bow in front of me. I had my tripod in my backpack and everything, and I guess it was like five forty five, somewhere around there. I heard something walking on like the upper skitter road, and I looked, and right away I knew what deer it was. And he's kind of going east to west on me. I was facing north, and I was like, shit. I'm going to get this deer down here. You know, it's not to rut. You know, I can't, it's like October 19th, October 20th. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, looking through my backpack real quick. I was like, oh, I got a grunt call. I was like, eh, let's see what happens. I hit him with two grunts and nothing really happens. So I'm, you know, sitting with my bow in my hand. I had the fourth arrow phone arm. Hold your phone. I've been fo filming with my phone, dude. That's awesome. You don't have the heavy camera and, uh, Next thing you know, out around this big oak, here comes this buck. He's probably like 15 yards now. And he's coming. His ears pinned back, all bristled up, stiff-legged walking. And I'm trying to turn my phone back on, but I can't touch it because of my gloves. I'm like, shit. I was like, screw it. And he's coming. He's walking right at me. Now he's at 10 yards. I was like, well, I got to do something here. I just so slowly drew my bow, and uh, he just kept coming. I was like, well, I'm going to shoot him, you know, quartering to me real hard. I'm going to stick it in front of that shoulder. I'm only shooting a 60 pound prime, but I had a jackknife on and I was like, if that gets up in there, I said, that's going to do some damage. And I cut it loose, right, right. Hit him right in front of the left shoulder there in the neck and healing went about 30 yards and that was it. Oh man, dude, that was, I, I wanted to hit you up last year with that story. Cause I know you were super excited about it. I mean, anytime like uh, an aggressive, almost like an aggressive situation of like the bucks coming in, he knows exactly where that sound came from. Like there's yep. no, uh, they know, man, it's crazy how they literally can pinpoint you, um, mm -hmm. and coming in, you know, I know you had said he almost like ran you down. He was coming in so hot. That's where I'm like, you know what? Hunt first film second. Cause I'm not missing out on a opportunity like that, especially on the ground. And he was a nice, he was a nice deer, man. He was, he was a pretty nice deer. Did you, how old yeah. do you think he was? Uh, he was three and a half. Uh, my buddy, Darren Morgan, he has his, I think he was screwed up on his right side. And come to find out, there was something. It looked like a, I don't know, like a Walmart brand broadhead, like in his knee, in his like right above his knee on his right leg. Mm. So I figured he was three and a half, and I mean, I literally shot him at like six, seven yards, and it was just an awesome hunt. I think the deer ended up scoring like 
119 or something which for pennsylvania you know that's a great deer i mean he looked he looked huge man i guess yeah he was like big body deer when i took him to the butcher i mean he was definitely one of the biggest deer i've ever killed he was a big body did you have did you have to pack him out or were you able to get him get to him (laughs) no i called uh, zach southall my buddy kev and Zach came in and helped me get him out. Nice. He, I think he, he even gutted it for me. I was like, I don't think I have a knife. He's like, well, you have a camera and a tripod and this. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a knife. It's like all yeah. you need is a knife in your weapon. <laughs> 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 it happens to me all the time, man. I, uh, I carry everything I, I usually don't need. Um, so what are you doing right now for season? I know you, you know, you guys got a little bit of rain that remnants of that hurricane, but with it being early season, what are you kind of doing right now to prepare? I know, I know I've been watching you. You've been keeping tabs on your cameras all summer. Um, I kind of keep tabs on you and a few of the other guys that have been in service out a while. And, um, but you know, tell us what's going on with you, uh, as far as this year. Uh, well this year, me and my, like I said earlier, me and my wife, we just bought a house. So we'll be out in the Allentown area and you can actually hunt out there. Like, I think it's three weeks before statewide over. So, uh, Brad from Wasp, he, he was out opening weekend. We were hunting my parents' farm. And the other week, the wife said, let's go for a hike. So I was like, all right, there's some game lands over here. I was like, I'd like to put a camera on there. And we went for a hike. And uh, I've been letting the cameras do the work. You know, as I got older and, you know, I learned more as a bow hunter. You know, I, I've been probably since like 2018, I've been letting the cameras tell me when to hunt. I mean, I want to kill those right now. And I missed one the other night with a recurve, skipped it off her back. Oh man. But been checking cameras, you know, driving around at night, checking out what's going on around the neighborhood and everything. And now this like, is I want... new hunting area for you. Uh, no, my parents bought this farm in 2015, but there's a, there's a lot of public around there. I mean, there's yeah, actually... as far as the public, is that pretty new territory yeah, for you? For there, like, in 2018 i mean i had some good deer and uh one of the service side guys just moved to like slatington or something joe gossard yeah yeah joe yeah he's from new york i I put him in uh the direction of some public that i did scout before and i think me and the wife that's where we and her went the other week and he said he was getting a bunch of pictures he had him and his boys out we haven't we were supposed to hook up and something came up and i couldn't get out scouting with him yeah, he's he's a good dude. He's been service side a while too, and he's you know he's real big and taking his boys out. And he actually went on a backpack uh, hunt we had. I think it was last season he went. Um, you know, it was one of his first ones, so got to kind of open his eyes to public land backpack hunting. But man, I love some public land, and that's before you know it's it's just like wearing flannel. You know, I wore flannel before it was cool, and then yeah. it's you know like the public land. You know, growing up, uh, we had private land. My family owns a, a pretty nice farm, and. Uh, you know, we would always go to different public lands and it was mainly just to explore. So whenever I go to, when I, I know when I came to Florida and found out how many WMAs were near me, I have about five or six that are within an hour of me. I go to eat. It's almost, it's almost like counterproductive because I want to go to each one and explore each one, but you can go every single day as a full-time job and you would never go, you know, cover all these WMAs. It's, it's too much land. Even though it's not a lot of land, it's still a lot of land, you know, for one person to kind of scour through. So, and I mean, at times it's underwater and other times it's not. Like right now, everything's underwater, you know, so the terrain's constantly changing. So as soon as you learn an area, it's flooded and then you have to learn another area. Like all the scouting I did this summer, you can't use none of it. None of it at all. Yeah, I mean, I got I got a couple trolls on my Instagram and Facebook. The one guy always comments, it must be nice to hunt a private farm. Well, <laughs> I've been bow hunting for, I think, 24 years, and my parents bought this farm in 2015. I still spend most of my time on public because, you know, that's what I grew up, you know, hunting with my dad, my uncles and stuff. And once I really started to cut my teeth when I could drive, you know, I always hunted public, you know. Well. It's like, you know. You know, I think some people, man, they just, I don't know if it's they just need to make themselves feel better or what, but at the end of the day, I, I always looked at it like this because we have some private land down here we hunt too, especially for turkeys and hogs, not so much for deer, but it's crazy, man, because like when someone says that or I, I see something about corn on the ground or bait, I just, I'm always like, you know what, man, like it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like if you were in that situation, you know, if you had the opportunity right now to go 
and, and what's crazy is, man, is I, I went and hunt with Andy this past year, and we went and looked at, at his place that way he's got his land set up, you know, with his plots and all that stuff and you still have to hunt these animals <laughs> like i don't i don't know if like people think we wake up in the morning and you just like open this big barn and all the animals run out and you just like as they're grazing on bags of corn you just go out there and like nip them out you're you're young deer you're one year old two year old bucks you know your young does or most of your does depending on how many you take and stuff if they get wise to it they they know like they know, and I was talking to someone today because uh, someone was talking about a, a bag of corn. It was funny because as long as someone's leaning on ethical, man, I'm like, hey, more license money. You guys do your thing. I don't care what people say. There are not more hunters nowadays than there used to be. There just isn't. People don't rely on having to feed themselves like that. Um, and it's crazy because I was like, so what if there was like a persimmon tree in the middle of the woods? Would that be considered baiting? Yeah. You know, uh, like, that's where I'm like, you know, <laughs> what's the difference? Yeah, and, like, he'll usually comment, put a picture up late season on Instagram or something. There's, like, 40 dough out in the cut corn. He's like, oh, it must be nice. Yeah, it is nice. It is but, nice, you know, and you know what, Take You know what, you, you look like you enjoy every moment of it, and you should, man, because people just yeah, always want to ruin someone's rain on someone's party, man. Yeah, I mean, I still hunt public, and you know what I mean? I mean, I smoke and stuff like that. I'll out scout anybody there is, you know, and like, as I've gotten older, I'll scout more than I'll hunt. Like last year I was trying to kill that big eight and I would actually take my 1.0, put it on my back, throw my ghillie suit in there. And I'd have like a t-shirt on and some, you know, early season badlands pants or some briar pants, you know, I'd scout and, you know, drop a pit here. Like, ah, let's push a little further see what this looks like. And that's how I've been my whole life. Like a scout and hunt, you know, I mean, I'll scout after the season, you know, and early season, summer, stuff like that. But like during the season, I've had my mobile set up and I'm ready to go. I'll, you know, go to a piece of public at home and I'll hunt where a sign is, not where it looks like there should be deer. You know no, what I that's mean? good. That's good advice, man. And you know what? And that's uh, that's a huge reason why I wanted on you on here because I know you are consistently successful on public land, private land, places you go. It's not yeah. just. You know, uh, you know, I, it's it, what's crazy is I've never, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I actually don't feel any different when I take something from a piece of private or a piece of public, uh, because the way we hunt them, I mean, there's 30 farms that are connected to our, the land that our family owns. So like, it's like, they can just keep going and going and going and they've been known to go across the way. So you still have to yep. do your diligence. Yep, yep, you can't just go in like a perfect example. My buddy uh, Lane Harley this year killed a buck, I think like last week or something in Maryland. You know, he had a picture of a good buck show up, you know, probably 130s. You know, he didn't run in there right away and, oh, I got a big buck on camera. I got to go hunt right now. You know, he yeah. waited till he, and, you know, he knew he could, get, he could approach from this direction. And Brooke Martin's another one, you know. They're all about approach, and you always see them guys killing big deer and playing it smart, not as soon as you get one one deer on camera, people run in there. Just because you got a big deer on camera don't mean you're going to kill him. Believe me, I've been running cameras a long time, and that's one thing, cameras, just because you have them on camera don't mean you're going to kill him. Yeah, especially those smart, mature bucks. I mean, you know, yeah. I have seen it where, okay, a one-year-old, two-year-old deer, sure, it, it could happen, some, especially during the rut. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, you know, it, you can't, it, you know, animals aren't as dumb as what people, you know, they don't give them their, their credit sometimes, I think, as far as like when they hear a truck door slam and it's 530 in the morning and they see flashlights walking up the mountain, like what would, mm -hmm. do you really think that they're just going to be like, oh, yep, that's my time. Let me go walk in front of this tree stand. Um, yeah. You know, they know these things. Yeah. But the buck I killed in 2020, I did, I had him on a pattern. I, uh, I made a food plot behind my house and, uh, I had cameras all over and I could never like, if he was there in the evening, sometimes he'd be there in the morning. And I was like, there's some public, you know, behind my house where I live. And finally, one day I'm looking through a computer and my neighbor kids on his phone. Finally, he's like, I got it. I'm like, what? He's like, if that buck's there in the morning, he's there in the evening but if he's just there in the evening he's not really probably going to be there 
in the next morning. I was like, what? And he went through and he showed me like 20 pictures. He's like, look, he's here at six in the morning. He's there at six at night. The next morning he was there at seven o'clock. The next day he was there at like five 30 in the afternoon. And that's actually how I killed the buck. I got a picture of him that morning on my, uh, Bow Creek camera. I was like, huh? So I text my neighbor. I was like, Hey, I got a picture of that buck this morning. He's like, you got to hunt tonight. I'm like, Dude, they're calling for 88 degrees. He's like, I don't care. Like, go hunting. He's like, if you go hunting, you're going to kill that deer. I was like, yeah, okay. So I was off work. I was only working weekends at the time. I was like, all right, I'll go. So I'm going. I'm sitting in a blind. I had shorts on and flip-flops. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I'm sweating. I'm sitting here. Probably not going to see anything. And actually, I killed the buck that night. He ended up scoring like 130, which was oh, a great yeah. PA buck. You know what I mean? But, you know, there's another – I let the cameras do the work. Let them soak. You know, go in and check them, not check them every day. You know what I mean? Now, do you put a – I mean, do you put a good bit of cameras out on public land? Yeah. I mean, right now I think I have – I probably have 10 cameras on public. Like, they're up in trees. I've learned not to leave them down low or yeah. put cables on them. I make my own bracket that uh, Matt – from Bow Creek showed showed all the guys and yeah I mean I got cameras everywhere my farm's polluted with cameras I don't think a deer could walk on my farm without getting its pitch taken so what do you uh, as far as do you are you looking to when are you really going to start getting out there and, and hitting them hard in those on those uh, public areas or are you just going to kind of like go off of how the cameras go uh, I'll watch the cameras but uh Usually we have a muzzleloader season. It's usually like the third week of October. You can only shoot does. Now I think they changed it to maybe you can shoot a bear. I'm not 100% sure. But usually after that season, that muzzleloader season, <clears throat> that's usually when I'll start getting like, all right, if I have any personal days left to work, I'm not going to work. You know, that's when I get serious. Like usually around the 20th, I think that's usually when it ends. But uh, I've been watching my cameras. I got I got some good buck on the farm, but they're in that public by farm. I got some pretty nice bucks hitting scrapes. And, I mean, I don't know. I'll see what the cameras say. I mean, I know they're there, but, like, I don't have huge chunk of woods at the farm. It's all, like, kind of bush strips and, like, overgrown pastures. And them deer bounce around, so. Right, But right. I, for some reason, that, like, Third, fourth week October, I'll, I'll always get a picture of a good buck, either in the morning or at night. You know, I don't know if it's at Red Moon. I just recently downloaded that app, so I'm gonna keep an eye on that. <clears throat> and you're primarily like uh, traditional bow hunting right now, right? Yeah, I I haven't even shot my compound price since like August. I've been oh, really? uh, trying to really trying to kill a deer with it. I missed one the other night last year last year i hit one and i mean i did a lot of missing <laughs> well i mean well, hey at least you're shooting you you ended up getting hooked up with a bow from caleb right uh no a guy by the name of john work he's the one that has that uh amagi archery but i have been talking to caleb because i seen the bow he made zach newman that's, that's who pretty, it was yeah yeah that's a pretty sharp bow man that was slick yeah, he does some work. He definitely does some work. We're gonna be getting him on soon, talking a little bit about traditional bow hunting. But I know you had been doing. I know you had kind of went into that realm a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Ever since I met John, uh, I was having some problem with a uh, bow I had. I, I was shooting a little underspined arrows. Didn't really <clears throat> know a whole bunch about the recurve game. And Brad from Wasp. He's like, he's like, here, reach out to my buddy. He'll help you out. And I was like, yeah, okay. He's like, he ran Lancaster Archery for years. It's a big archery place up here. I called him one day, and you know, we, we were on the phone for an hour. And he's like, well, well I'm coming out with my own bow here. You know, it'd be a great bow for you. I think it's like 66 inches long. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. There's days where I could probably talk smack to Levi Morgan. Then there's days... Uh, I'd be lucky if I hit the target. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I, I, I haven't I haven't got the uh, hunkering yet to to venture down that realm. I mean, I'm a I'm still a you know bow during bow, muzzleloader during muzzleloader, rifle during rifle um, type hunter. I have so many options down here in Florida that you know I can I can drop out some shells and duck hunt, and then also 
put a slug in and hog hunt and deer hunt. You know, it's yeah. the way our state, the way our rules are here. Uh, we have a lot of overlay. And so I, I enjoy the versatility of, of the shotgun, but I know when I come up to PA, I, I enjoy your overlapping deer bear season. This is actually yeah. the first year I'm going to miss out on that. Yeah. I haven't really rifle hunted probably since like 2018. Like I'll go to the farm, make sure like nobody's trespassing and kind of like, sit my truck with a gun and but i really don't care to rifle hunt i mean i don't have anything against it i just it's not me oh yeah man i'm a i'm a freezer filler primarily most of our meat we eat i'd say at least like probably 80 85 percent of the meat we eat is stuff we hunt so uh yeah and you, you know as much as i love bow hunting too i also don't like deer walking away when they're at like 80 yards <laughs> i have like half a half a hind quarter left of the freezer so uh I, I, I enjoy both, but during this early season, man, I'll, I'll definitely be bow hunting till you know, probably like mid-November down here. Yeah. And the great thing about Florida is most people go out during opening weekend, and then that's it. So it's just so hot. Yeah. It scares people yeah. away. Last year, I rode around like the first day of rifle. I knew this public was here that I told Joe about. I went over there. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. There was five trucks on like 16,000 acres. And I seen this one guy, he, he like flagged me down. He's like, Hey, he's like, can you give me a jump? I'm like, yeah, sure. So he's like, I'm that truck right over there. I said, okay. So I drove up to the truck and I'm like, killing a deer. He's like, no, I saw like 10 doe. I'm like, well, you know, they're in and rifle season. He's like, no, I don't shoot doe. I'm like, Oh, oh man. Old school. That's always crazy to me. Uh, the, what would you call it? I guess the education behind that of, you yeah, know. I, cool guys. That's how my dad's like that. Like, oh yeah, I, up bow hunting. Like when I was old enough to hunt by myself, my dad used to always say, "Now don't kill everything that walks by." I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> you know, I'd, there some nights I was like, I'd walk back down to my dad. He's like, "What happened to all your arrows?" I'm like, "Well, I was shooting at some deer, yeah, deer, <laughs> squirrels. Shoot, we used to try yeah. to take sh uh, shots at chipmunks and stuff and." Yeah, I mean, we, like, you know, it's like two, it's, it's crazy though. I don't know if it's because, you know, we have like knowledge at the tip of our fingers and there's just so much more, but it's crazy how that just that stigma, I mean, it goes right with the hunting on Sundays. The only reason you're not supposed to hunt on Sundays is just from an old ancient, like don't work on Sundays, but it's crazy how you can gamble football games, everything else on Sunday, but you can't hunt. I mean, it literally falls in almost to the same category of does. You know, people will sit there and have uh, a doe population of like 10 to 1 with their bucks and be like, oh, it's it's cool, it's cool. And I'm sitting here like, you're just pushing all the bucks out. They're, the does are eating all the food. I mean, it goes per area, not per sex, <laughs> you know? Yeah, how my, farm, my parents' farm is. I mean, I, I hunted, I think it was like January last year. I saw 39 deer. And I did not see a buck. And it's oh, like, oh, man. I don't feel bad about shooting 10 doe with a bow in a season. You know what I mean? Oh, not at all. I go up to Maryland every year, and we have uh, crop damage permits at a, at a spot. And, dude, we, I was talking to someone the other day on a podcast about this. We fill up pickup trucks full, and we don't even put a dent. And <laughs> If it ain't yeah. got spots, it gets shot. And what's yeah. crazy is it's the guy loses – thousands and thousands tens of thousands of dollars maybe even upwards to hundreds of thousands of dollars and just the area he's in is just a huge hot spot for deer to plow through and you know it's there's no high fences or anything like that so it's easy for mm -hmm. you know deer to get in even if you you know try to uh keep them down we go up there every year and i mean we eat the meat and we're up for days skinning deer and you know we process all our own game so it's definitely a lot of work but that's something every year that i do and it's crazy because if you would show that picture out of context, I never put that stuff up. I don't put a lot of things on on the internet like that. I that I hunt, but uh, it, it's crazy, man. Because if you look at that in that perspective, people are like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I would be, I'd be getting about as much backlash as those two guys that just got caught cheating fishing. <laughs> the other day. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be viral. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, definitely got to do something about the doe numbers down there. I don't think my neighbors really archery hunt out there i know they gun hunt but you gotta keep them in check oh yeah man i love i love feeling the freezer queen i mean i tell you what sometimes a, a old mature nanny will be um uh just as hard to kill as a mature buck at times oh yeah 
Yeah, that's what my dad always said growing up. He said, if you can kill an old doe, he said, you're doing something bow hunting. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, never really paid much attention to it until I got older. I, was like, oh, I remember my dad saying that. You know what's crazy is them blowing and all that other stuff, you know. Uh, it's One blow there uh, Thursday night, one was, she was, walked out in the field. And I, I knew my wind was iffy, but I was like, you know, I'm trying to kill on the stick bow early, you know, the way I can worry about getting a wife a buck. And she stood out there. <laughs> I was like, bitch, if I had my compound, you'd be dead because she was about 60 yards. And then she walked away and. It wasn't even 10 minutes later, I look up and here comes this big doe walking right at me like she never heard this deer blowing. I was like, she had those. And I ended up skipping it off her back. And yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, um, so let's see here. So you guys pretty much just opened, right? Didn't PA just open? Yeah, I think it was the 17th of September. Yeah. And it'll run to the end of January. Nice. Are you getting to go out next weekend? uh no we still got a bunch of stuff oh yeah yeah you're moving that's that's a rough time to move when i moved into my house and bought bought our house a couple years ago it was the same deal it was right as much as we didn't want to plan it you kind of got to go with the market on those type of things and they're like well the settlement's going to be october 14th i looked at my wife i was like no that's rough no (laughs) but then i was looking ahead i was like it's gonna be a full moon i was like who gives a shit i was like let's move I actually have a family <laughs> vacation in October, but it played out because I get to take like an a, like extra like traveling trip. So like to me, I was like, huh, hunt at home, hot, or go to another state and hunt. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, but all right, let's see here. So we're about thirty minutes into here. I want to pick your brain on a little bit more bow hunting. I know we we went down uh, some different rabbit holes there um but as far as like chasing mature bucks um you're putting cameras out you're definitely getting out there and scouting it sounds like you do a lot more scouting during the the regular season than the off season yeah yeah i mean i i just got spartan forge i think like last year when it was still in the beta mode but i mean i had like one x and stuff before that like i'll lay up at night and look at maps and like man that looks like it'd be a pretty good spot you know i mean i'll go in there and check it out you know whether it be late season or during the season i've done that a lot go in somewhere you know with a stand on your back i got a pin out here a little bit go out through and you know you see old buck rubs or fresh ones or scrapes or i like finding old stands like people probably had back in the day that are falling apart you know, I, I try to set up around one of them, you know, with a good run or something. And I've actually had a lot of luck just doing that. Just walk in, you know, drop a pin somewhere. And... You know, I think people, I think people kind of like neglect those simple things of like, you know, everyone that I have on the podcast, that's like a straight killer. Like every year they're filling tags. You, I've had Adam on, Gabe, um, a lot of guys on here and, um, what's crazy is everyone almost has like the same advice when it comes to uh, hunting Eastern whitetails of like, get out there, scout, obviously don't yeah. blow your spot out every single day. Cause the deer will start patterning you, but you know, kind of soak in what's happening in your area, um, and get out there so you can see, because it's nice to have cameras, especially when you're working and all that other stuff. Um, but you know, you can never like replicate actually getting out there and seeing what's going on and it just makes it a little bit easier to get in in the morning and you know you're not Mm -hmm. like you said you know you know your wind how you're supposed to hunt your wind if you're not out there every day and you don't see how the deer are moving how do you know that the east wind's going to be a good one you know like yep now so you're you're a big i mean are, are you primarily you're you're playing the wind more than like using cover sense and things like that um I mean, even though I do smoke, I won't smoke while hunting out chew or something like that, but uh, I've never really worried about the wind. You know, I have, uh, I use some local products here for scent control and stuff like that, and I wash my clothes and unscent, but I've never really worried about the wind. I mean, I've, I told you earlier on the phone, I've had a buck walk right down the same trail as me. I you know, put my arm up to get around this limb because of the low hanging limb, and the buck stood there for like 20 minutes and you know, he figured there was no danger, but then he found out that jackhammer was dangerous. You know, like you said earlier, it's all about the personality of a yeah. deer. And I've never, I mean, as I've gotten older, I try to watch the wind, but 
I've had a lot of deer come downwind and not smell me. I got to chew it or I'm drinking soda in the stand or I'm eating a snack. You know, I've already had to put my snack on my leg and shoot a deer. <laughs> and, you know, it's all about personality, you know, time frame. I think how much a deer been harassed. You know, I try to get in deep on public, you know, away from people, you know, where they're not going to come walking in right before dark or anything like that. But I got some spots that are like right next to the road or right next to a parking lot that are pretty damn good. And, you know, people, I, a couple of years ago, I was hunting and this guy walked by and he's like, Hey, I'm like, what? He goes, are you really hunting here? I was like, yeah. He goes, you gotta get away from your truck. I was like, says who? And he's like, Oh, you ain't going to see nothing. And like, I seen him walk off. I was like, okay. And then like five o'clock I look and here comes this buck across the road. I watched him run across the hard road and he come up the bank. I shot him. And so I waited for the guy, you know, and uh, the guy come walking down. I seen his light coming. I flashed my light at him. He's like, what'd you see? I was like, well, I killed this buck right here. He's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, you're hunting right now. He's like, you can see your truck. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, you got to go where the deer are, not where it looks like they'll be. Yeah, man. People people make that. They always, I see I see it all the time. And I mean, that just comes with getting out there. I've seen deer in some places where I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see a deer here. And then other places, I'm like, there is no way. Uh, especially down here, there's always water. Turkey are the same way. I've never seen nope. turkey up to their feathers walking across water ever up north. And down here, it almost looks like they're a duck on the water going across and i've seen it i've seen deer coming through water and i'm sitting there in my head like there's no way that anything would ever come through here except like a raccoon or hogs or something in yeah yeah i mean we got that's a lot of i heard rumor i don't know how true it is that like the tower city area game lands was like a test site for the game commission you know they'll go in and cut it and then burn it and see what happens you know far i don't know how true that is but we have a lot of cuts and I'm like, I got lost in this cut one morning and I was like, man, I'm never going to, uh, I was like, where am I at? I'm looking around, everything looks the same. And I'm like, there ain't, there ain't no deer in here. I ain't going to see anything. And I ended up seeing a good buck that day. I just hung my lone wolf, like one stick high. I was like, well, if something comes in here, it's going to be right on top. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think too, um, you know, <clears throat> like we had mentioned, it's the personality, you know, like, mm-hmm. like each deer in each area. That's why you can't, you can't group everything together because that's what took me so long to be successful in my state. When I moved here, I've been in Florida almost 10 years now, but I was hunting them like I hunted in the Appalachian mountains in Virginia. You know, I looked at the same sign the same way. I, I hunted the same way and I would see things, but never anything within bow range. Um, and then I was like, look, I got a, literally I had to like brain dump and start from scratch and get out there and do all day sits and, Watch the younger deer, see what they were doing, put cameras out, see what deer were doing at night. Like, and then finally I was able to get to the point where I could start filling my tags. And then I was able to the point where I could start tagging out. Um, but it took a lot of, uh, it, I don't, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think anything that I learned up north, except like, gosh, I don't think anything I learned up north. Cause even with sound, you don't, you don't need to worry about sound down here up north. I can hear someone walking across a ridge at like 500 yards across the mountain down here man i can we always joke around with people because i always tell people here like you can talk and hunt and they're like no you can't and i'll take like 10 steps forward and like just kind of talk like i'm talking right now and tell them to raise their hand if they hear me and every single time they're like that's crazy i don't hear you i'm like i don't know if the vegetation absorbs the sound or like what happens but like you don't hear a deer walking in and stuff until he's under you <laughs> usually <laughs> That's like, like here, uh, some some parts, you know, it's all rocky, and some parts it's mountain laurel. So on the mountain laurel side of the mountain, you can definitely hear the deer before you see them. But in them rocks, I've caught a deer moving one time. I never even heard him walking. He was walking across the rocks, and I'm like, I can't even hear that deer. And he was within 40 yards of me, and I'm like, that's just crazy. Yeah, you never would expect that. I've seen, man, I've seen, I remember seeing a deer one time, like, scale pretty much like a rock face wall near an interstate not near an interstate but near a highway uh it was some public land and i was leaving and i watched it i mean obviously it was kind of scared into doing it i don't think that was the route it was wanting to take and after i seen that i was like oh my gosh like deer can go anywhere <laughs> uh, and they're 
crazy animals, man. That's for sure. So let me ask you, what are you doing as far as like, it, it, like, let me see how I want to word this. So as far as like some secrets to success, um, what would you kind of share with our listeners as far as like what you do to prepare? Because we've obviously keep touching on the same thing of, you know, every area's personality. you got to get out there. You've got to study the game that you're after, um, the Corey that you're after. You can't just, you can take bits and pieces from podcasts and videos and magazines and all this other stuff, but until you get out there and see what your animals are doing but what would you say are some some keys to success that you personally use that that help you out every year because i know you usually fill your tags every year yeah like early season uh you know you know they're gonna still be on their summer pattern somewhat so you know if you have acorns or chestnuts or if there's apple trees in your area or whatever or if there's uh some kind of crop you know i'll definitely hunt crop uh, I absolutely hate hunting a rut because it's not like you see on TV, like out in Iowa, like big bucks running everywhere. I, I don't no. I've killed a handful of bucks in November, but like a lot of it's like leading up to November over scrapes and stuff. Uh, you know, think about, you know, our everyday life. What do you do every day? You know, you get up, go to work, you know, take care, you know, food, water, shelter. That's everything a buck needs. You know, that's, that's what I, even early season, if I like, I think I know where this deer's bedded out at the farm. I call him Newman because Zach should have killed him, but he got in the wrong stand that night. He, it would have been like a 60 yard shot. But, anyways, I think I know where this deer's bedded. He's laying up on a ridge. He has the wind at his back. He's watching this like walnut flat, big open woods. It's real thick in there. And I think, I don't know, after that muzzleloader season, I think I'm just going to grab my. 1.0 i'm gonna go in there where i think he is and i've talked it over brook and lane a bunch and uh i'm gonna go in there and try to kill him in his bed or coming back to his bed uh i actually enjoy hunting late season more than anything like if you get in them cuts or around clear cuts you know all the fresh vegetation that uh little saplings with buds on them stuff like that that's what i like to keen in on and you know boots on the grounds definitely you know you can look at maps all you want and, you know, plan this out and plan that out. But until you go in there and actually see it, you know, that's one of my things, scouting. You know, you got you got to scout. I mean, there, yeah, there's some people that go out there and get lucky. but And I think that's a problem with, like, this generation and these guys on Facebook saying, oh, it must be nice. And, you know, okay, well, I walked 17 miles one day shed hunting and found one shed. Yeah, it must be nice. You know, I've got <laughs> with my wife too but you know what's crazy man i i got hit with that one time i I tagged out two years in a row in florida and we have a five deer limit um we actually can't kill does except during um you can kill them on private land during season but you can't kill them on public land unless you have doe tags which is real crazy but you can kill five bucks and i tagged out two years in a row and i made a big deal about it not not so much a big deal about it but i was pretty excited so i'd put some things online and i actually don't do this anymore um but i'd put some stuff out there and you know i think i was so excited because i struck out on hunting and fishing two full years in a row in florida like when i moved here I kind of got used to everything and the rules are crazy here and it's a lottery system and you got to go on a website that takes you to another website to put in for your taxes. It's a lot of stuff that if you're not a local, um, you know, if I was to tell everyone right now, I guarantee no one would be able to go do it the first time. Um, And what's crazy is, is I kept getting hit with that too. And I'm sitting here like, man. I couldn't tell you how many days I'd been out in the blister and heat getting sunburned. I couldn't tell you how many times I, you know, I remember one day I was crossing this big flooded, almost like uh, where Jeeps had kind of dug out the road and stuff. And I had to cross it and it was almost waist deep water. Um, and I was going through it and I, I fell, you know, if, it, if anyone was near me, it would have been super embarrassing. I fell and, you know, went underwater. My bow went underwater, covered in mud, sandy, just the whole nine yards, pistol underwater. And I'm just, you know, I I think of all those times, I think of, you know, killing a deer and having to drag it, you know, almost two miles in the swamp, not being able to see and finally get to my canoe and having to paddle up, back up river with the wind blowing in my face and boats going a hundred miles an hour by me. And I think of all that stuff and I'm like, yeah, it must be nice. Like, you know how painful and how much work and just like 
you know, it's easy to type that must be nice, but people don't realize how much work goes into a lot of that stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, checking cameras, you know, back when, before I started working for my parents, I had 15, 20 cameras on public all over, like Stony, Down Peters, up on top, you know, out by work, there was game lands, I had cameras on. Those are like a all-day adventure going and checking yep. cameras once a month or whatever it was. That's A lot of times, that's what I'll do if I hang a camera somewhere. Like, me and a wife hung a camera, I think, like, the beginning of August on this public around where I killed that freak out last year on like a skitter road. And I probably won't check it if I even get in there and hunt it all this year. I mean, I might send Darren or Zach a text like, Hey, go in here and pull this camera and let me know what's on it. I do that with a couple of guys down here. I'll, I'll, if I don't feel like I can get to a couple of spots, I got a couple of guys that hunt that are in service side near me. And I've, I've sent them some pen, just like in Virginia. I grew up hunting public land in Virginia. So I'll go up there sometimes and maybe he'll scout during the off season, find some good spots or a good buck. And it's almost mm-hmm. like, I'll be like, I'll find somebody, you know, that I like, or that, you know, I start talking to or something. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's this one guy named Mark, he doesn't live too far. And I'm like, here, man, go to this pen. I'm going to tell you exactly where to go. I've killed a nice buck there before. I know there's other bucks in that area. It's a good travel mm-hmm. area. And I'm more than, I'm more than willing to do that. Cause I want somebody to do it, especially someone on the team. Um, especially someone that's not asking too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always have people. Why, why don't you let my kid hunt your food plot? What? <laughs> I, I love your kid and all, but your kid wasn't there picking up rocks with me all summer long when I dissed it up. And why don't you let me come hunt your farm? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah. I get the, I get the. Yeah, we're gonna hunt and get together. Text. I, I hook up with a lot of, especially this year. I've got a lot of hunt links, and we make it happen. But man, those are some relationships that like. It's definitely 50-50, man. I, I know the relationships that I've made through Service Side even before I started working here, just the, the people I've ended up linking up with and you know, now we make it a yearly thing. It's like it just it just works, you know. It's it's you know, I have people all the time that are like, Let me do this with you, let me go hunt and especially because we have a turkey food plot and we'll have big flocks and people are like, Let me just come take some turkeys and I'm I like sharing and stuff too, man, but I just always like hooking the people up too that you, you almost kind of know, you know, like. Yeah. 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 Like Brad, he comes out. He tr- usually tries to come out from uh, Brad Strom from Loss. He tries to come out every year, opening day, you know, him and his son. And, uh, you know, he, he takes care of service side and me, you know, if anything I've ever needed, he's always. Yeah, Brad's awesome. Wasp is awesome, dude. I'm, I'm a huge shout out Wasp. <laughs> wasp is uh i've been using them at, uh well before i got to service side and it's one of those things where if it ain't broke i ain't fixing it so we get a heck of a price for them it's ridiculous so brad shot a doe with the mortem i think fred Doherty, he's like one of their engineers down at the Humblestown. he said that's the only broadhead that they've ever had stick in the steel deer that they couldn't get out and i hunted with that oh, the mortem the more to miles. I mean, I want to shoot a deer in the shoulders with this, you know. I actually have a. I, I got some of those. Uh, I want to say like two seasons ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, two seasons ago, and um, I I haven't. I want to see what it'll do to a hog down here. I just yeah. hate chasing hogs, man. I don't really like shooting them with the bow, just because like it's cool and stuff, but it's just so much work. And I mean, we we just usually take them with the the rifles a lot easier, and you don't have to chase them. But I I do want to see what what one of those will you know if it'll you know because you know how tough a hog is. So yeah, I've gone on a hog hunt here in PA. Yeah, yeah, they got that tough skin, man. But um, so we are coming on to about an hour here, so we'll wrap it up. Um, for this episode, but if anyone has any questions for John, um, very successful hunter, and and that was a huge reason why I wanted to get you on, John, and you know a great member of Service Side, but um, you know, to each their own. You know, everyone hunts their own way, and you know I just ignore those people, man, that that say things because I always look at it like this: like the people I do hunt with, and the people that I meet and do hunt links with and stuff. You know, we've never, unless we're joking or like hazing each other, um, we've never, I've never had to. That conversation's never even arose. You know, like times you you can use that for fuel too. You know what I mean? Hate a raid, you know, if you're. <laughs> 
Dude, Stuff people like people just get jealous, man. I, I, I it's it's crazy. I, I try to always find that happy medium balance, especially you know working for service side because I do mm -hmm. want you know we our overall goal is to unite all hunters. I don't care if you dog hunt, man. I don't care as long as it's legal and ethical. Um, and the animal's being taken properly, and you're doing the best you can. I don't care if people crossbow hunt, man. I don't care if you kill a deer with a rock. If you do it yeah. successfully and you're able to do it, kudos to you. Um, but also, you know, I don't, I don't think any form of hunting or or any type of hunting is superior than another. I think that each person has a set of goals or expectations or challenges or anything like that that they want to do with their hunting style. I mean, it's just like anything else that you're really good at. Um, you know, let's take coloring, for example. You you work on being inside the lines. Then you work on uh, changing yeah. the, the design. And then you work on draw, making your own drawings. You know, it's you evolve as you go. And some people, you know, they want to evolve and others don't. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. As long as you're contributing to, you know, definitely could be a contributor to the sport. And even even hunting on a farm, I know this episode was about public land hunting, but, you know, okay, you said you guys had a lot of does, so those does are having babies. That's more bucks put out into the world. You said there was public land right behind it. Those deer are going out onto the public land. Um, yeah. Everything feeds into each other. Yep. And, it, and like my thing is, you you know, I'm, I'll be 35 here in a couple of days. You can never stop learning, you know, no matter how old you get, you know, every, every day or week, you know, you listen to a podcast with this guy, you know, he's doing, you know, he's doing, uh, he has hemp rope in his scrapes and he's, you know, and, and you try it and, you know, it works for you, but it might not work in this area. You know, you never, you never stop learning, you know, yeah. and you know, I was thankful growing up, you know, I had my dad and guys like Dennis Wessner and Denny Erger and all them guys who always, you know, helped me out, gave me pointers, said, well, why don't you go here and check this spot out? You know, maybe, you know, there'll be some buck sign in there. If there is, you know, find a good run and, you know, set up and, you know, you got to be willing to put in the work, you know. For sure. And, you know, we were talking about hooking people up, the difference between like a hookup and a hookup, you know, quotation marks. I'm always willing, like, so I had this old guy, quick story. I had this old guy um, catch up to me. I canoe to a spot. It's about seven miles into a WMA and I canoe because I can listen and hear better and I can work the edges um, and I can get into a lot of spots. I'm primarily turkey hunting, but there is deer hunting there. And I had this guy come by me one time and he circled around. He came back. He goes, man, what are you doing out here? He's like, you paddle all the way out here. I'm like, yes, sir. We start talking about hunting and all this other stuff. He's literally tells me where the white oaks are dropping. He's like, hey, I was just over at this spot. He's like, I'm really just duck hunting. But I noticed there was white oaks dropping here. You said you were looking for turkey and deer. This would be a good spot. And I literally asked him, like, man, that's that's nice of you. Like, you know, at first in my head, we all think, oh, he's just trying to, you know, put me away yeah. from where he's at. And he's like, you know, why? Because he's like, you're literally out here. It's like 100 degrees and you're putting in the work. He's like, I don't see you. I don't, you didn't ask me or any of that stuff. And he was willing to share and believe it or not, I actually killed a turkey out of that spot that year. And I haven't seen him at the boat ramp since we didn't exchange numbers or anything, but I'm hoping he says he hunts there a lot. I'm hoping I'll catch up with him one day again, but went out yeah. there and ended up killing a nice turkey, a nice Osceola. And, oh yeah, you know, and that's what I tell people. It's like, you'll get, if you, if you do things right, if you put in the work, just like we always say at service side, you get what you put in. If you put yep. in you will get something out of it more oh, than yeah. what you actually put in. Like, I promise yeah. you. You know, me taking that short little trip out there, was out there three or four hours looking at a new spot. I ended up getting a hookup and was able to fill a tag from that one piece of advice. Yeah, you never, that's my thing, you know. You never stop learning. Never, man, never. And you know what? You have to be willing to continue learning because every area is different. We were talking about how... I, you know, we've seen deer take a look at a camera and never be seen again. And then other deer will walk up to it trying to like lick it, you know? Yep. And the thing I, one thing I really noticed about public land in Pennsylvania, if you get about three miles away from a park a lot, if there's a road you can ride a bike on or something like that, the human traffic stops, you know, people, you know, they're lazy. Then they want to get on the internet and like, I don't know, give you shit. It must be nice. Well, yeah, it is nice. You know, do you ever drag a deer three miles? No, I didn't think <laughs> Have you, you're at home. Do you, do you have a bike? Do you use a bike? 
Yeah, I have I have electric bike that I use on the farm and stuff. They're not legal in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Stupid. Yeah, oh, the game commission them, and you can ride horses on game lands, but the horses don't even buy a hunting license. It's it's oh, just yeah. stupid. We we have some crazy rules like that where like the Jeep and the four by four people are on the WMAs all nonstop. You'll see them more than you will, but we have to buy the $30 WMA permit, but they don't, which it's crazy because there's so many of them and all of them. I've talked to a bunch of them in the Jeep clubs and they're all willing to do it, but they're not going to just throw out money if they don't have to, you know, like a horse does more damage than a damn electric bicycle. Yeah. And I mean, how many, how many are, you know, cleaning up after their self and stuff, you know, and it's, it's everyone's, you know, it's, it's when we got to pay to use it, but it's, it's everyone's, it's everyone's, uh, land. So, you know, you think you'd have that balance and it's just more money for conservation. I wish, I wish, you know, I almost feel like hunters get, you know, targeted. It's like, you know, the taxes on firearms, they almost hit you with this stuff, uh, yeah. to deter you from trying to get it or, you know, if, well, if, if they're going to do it, we, we're going to get paid for it. I just, I don't understand. You can almost double. I guarantee you could double it if you, other recreational people use on public land. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure everyone would be, I've never personally ran a, across someone on public land that I didn't enjoy talking to, whether it was a quick exchange. I've been lucky, I guess that way. Oh um, yeah. I hear I've horror had a, stories. I've but... in the parking lot already. He what? He wanted to fight me in a parking lot. Like I walked in, and I seen him with his climber on this tree, and I I kind of went down towards this uh, sorghum field in the back corner. I knew there was a water hole there, and I ended up shooting a buck. It wasn't nothing spectacular, probably like a hundred inch eight point or something like that. And I I drug him out the parking lot. And the guy was still there, and he's like, he comes over and like pushed me. He's like, you're cutting me off. I was oh, like, wow. what? I was like, no. Nah. I was like, I don't think so. I was like, I'm smarter than you. There's a difference. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, I mean, well, at the end of, at the, end of the day, man, it, it, it is public land. And I mean, you, I'm, yeah. if I put a, if I, I mean, I know people, unpopular opinion, I've had this conversation, but if it's opening day and I've been scouting a spot and someone beats me there, I'm, I mean, it's a lot of land, man. Like the deer could walk in between us. Like I'm more than likely going to go to my spot unless I physically see him at my spot. Um, you know, especially yeah. bow hunting, rifle hunting, probably not so much. Um, but during bow season, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I know that this is a little off topic, but the other year, uh, Pennsylvania changed it. Like, I think you have to pay 25 bucks now for a pheasant stamp. Why not have like a $25 e-bike stamp? Yeah. So you, you know what I mean? Like make more money. And I talked to Brooke Martin, he's from Pennsylvania, but he moved to Iowa. They have corn fields. And soybean fields on their game land. Here we have sorghum, or we have a cornfield right along the road. It's like, you know, hmm. Pennsylvania is so screwed up. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate bashing people, man, but I, I definitely hear. I, I know my state, my old state, Florida is great. We, you know, obviously we could do better with our management and all that other stuff. We don't need to get into those politics of that. And there are, we do have our bad stuff too. We can't hunt bears, and we have a huge bear population. And, all this other stuff, but for the most part, I do like a lot of the rules that we have um, and regulations. I think a lot of them are fair. I think a lot of them have a bigger picture. Same with you. They introduce some um, where you were mentioning Iowa. They do have certain areas where they're putting bee habitats and they're putting, um, you know, clear cutting for um, uh, uh, to, uh, like pulp populations. They're putting out little mini food plots and things like that. Um, quail. I've seen a lot of quail introduced here. Um, they're, they're definitely working on uh, populations of birds and things like that. So I do see a bigger picture. I think in the next 50 years or less, it's going to be amazing hunting for like upland bird hunting and duck hunting and things like that with all the bird boxes and stuff they put out. And we do have our negatives, but man, I, I, PA always reminded me of Virginia, man, just stuck in those like stone age powdered yeah. wigs, just like, like, come on, man. They're so ass backward. They just recently released fishers and stuff. Like you know, they hammer turkeys and like that. I think last year it was in like January. I, I wanted to go check this spot out. I go to this spot and like there's DC and R and like game wardens everywhere. I'm like, oh man. And I try to stay away from him if if I can. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, scouting. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're gonna go in here and c cut down some trees. You know for 
grouse habitat and i kind of laughed and the guy's like i say something funny i was like it's a little late for that i mean we, we don't really have the grouse we used to now all of a sudden you want to do stuff to improve the grouse habitat and were they about, releasing were they going to release them there or they're just trying to improve it yeah they were going in and they cut like i think it was like a hundred by a hundred they went in and just cut trees down never did nothing with it oh wow just, well, that would be good grouse cover. Well, how? What if we had the grouse? Then it would be good grouse cover, you know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you, you know, you gotta take those results of what's happening. People, people do too much on. Well, this worked here and this worked there. You have to take the data from that area, and you know, every WMA yeah. down here has a specific biologist that works yeah. for them and you have to take that area you have to take the data and that's how you that's how you okay we have we've known some grouse over here let's cut this hunter by hunter by area and and we'll be able to up the population or hey we need to introduce you know five dozen or whatever numbers you know they need but you can't just go into a spot and be like yep this looks good boys bust out the chainsaws let's start cutting and you don't just destroyed all these homes where turkeys were uh putting nest and all this other stuff yeah like i remember like in the early 2000s they they were letting coyotes go we never had a whole lot of coyotes growing up and like when i could first you know start driving and hunting you'd hear coyotes at night i, I never remember hearing coyotes when i was a kid and then they released porcupines and like i used to coon hunt in my early 20s you'd find coon because they never seen a porcupine with quills all in their face and it's like that oh. like, they hate to bash anybody but like the yeah, game commission's ass backwards yeah, I wish some... they, I wish they'd get rid of rifle rifle altogether. Go to a shotgun only. Four points on one side and banned driving. Like up oh, home and like drive hunter. Oh yeah, dude, it's terrible. Like they like the Amish and stuff like that come up and do they drive whole mountains and it's like you know if you're not smart enough to figure them out, you know why even bother? All, all you see them as is a crop. You don't see it as a sport. You don't, you're not going to enjoy it. Someone. As someone is like me and you would enjoy it. And yeah, like, I mean, well, to playing devil's advocate on it though, I, I don't, I don't, we don't have it down here, but we we do have dog hunters. So like, once rifle season comes in, the dog hunters get get to come out, <laughs> um, and they'll run the dog, run the deer, and things like that. And you know, I, I, this is just my personal opinion on it. Like it, you know, it, I have heard both stories. You know, I've heard of drives that were helping people to fill up freezers, and I've heard drives that. You know, there were some kids out hunting and, you know, someone did a drive and it spooked all the deer away and those kids, you know, were with their dad and it was the only time. Like, you know, I've heard both sides. Um, you know, I, I think that hunters just need to have more of a, just a, a mutual respect or a, almost like a, almost like a compromise, you know, like. I bow hunt heavy down here, but I know once rifle season hits, the, the dog hunters are out, man. And do I enjoy a dog running a deer by my tree stand? No, I don't. But I also grew up hunting dogs. Like, my family ran bears, and I know how much joy it brought to my grandpa. And he actually wouldn't even kill a lot of the stuff they would treat. They would pull the dogs back. Um, so... I definitely do see both sides. So I, I try not to get too heavy on, you know, uh, I don't like them. But then again, I don't deal with it as much as up there. I'm sure if I was sitting there after a mature buck and I had a, 20 people walk by me, I probably wouldn't be the happiest. But Yeah, but you know, like I said earlier, you get back in there, then people are not people are lazy nowadays. And they want to get on the internet and trash talk. And, you know, you got to be willing to put in the work. You know, and that's yeah, why... That's I'd be close. You know, you got to do your homework. You can't just go out there, find a trail, and pop up a tree and expect to kill a 130 in Pennsylvania. It might happen, but chances of it probably aren't real good. Yeah, you, you, I've known people that get lucky, man, and they'll kind of piggyback <laughs> off that success. And I'm like, hey, man, I, my biggest buck, I was young. I was smoking a cigarette. I actually got cold and was walking back to the truck, and he was hot on a doe. And, I mean, he was rutting so bad, dude, I could smell the pee on him from where I was at. Ended up dropping him at like, gosh, 15 yards while he was looking at me. Had no clue what I was or who I was. Cigarette in my mouth. No scent control at all. Wind in my, you know, wind in his face and my biggest buck. And it was luck. I got up at the right time and cut him off crossing a mountain. And um, then there's been other bucks, man. They're two, three years old. I've been eluding a buck for going on four years now. And we get close, man. We dance. But it just I just yeah. ain't had the shot yet on him. Yeah, I know a guy back home, uh, 
his name's Foo Spittle. He smokes bow hunting, rifle hunting. It don't matter. And I'm tell you what, I've been in his trophy room a, a lots of times. There's some deer on his wall that you're like, Jesus. <laughs> Them old heads, man. Flannel shirt. Uh, what yep. is it? Somebody. <laughs> there's a. I seen a thing uh, not too long ago. It's so funny. It was a. It was a a stock like Mitsubishi truck or a stock. S10 that said, man, if this thing's parked on the side of the road in public lane, just go ahead and pack it up and leave because he done killed everything on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other year, he's like, hey, I have some bibs probably from like the early 90s. They're about wore out. What kind would you recommend? I'm like, and he showed me these bibs. I'm like, there's duct tape on your hunting bibs, dude. He's like, don't matter. He's like, them things kill more deer than you've ever seen. I'm like, well, that's probably true. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, my grandpa. He was unless it was a hundred percent shredding. Even then, he'd use it as like a base layer. So. Yeah. But, well, John, I appreciate you jumping on, man. We'll definitely have to get together again soon, uh, taking the time out of your day to put this episode together. And if anyone ever has any questions, where can they reach you at? Uh, Instagram probably be the best place, and I get on Facebook, but I really don't check it that much. Uh, I have Instagram. I think it's at Nalls Forty Five. Awesome. And I'll definitely put that in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing how your season goes, man, and getting your wife yeah. on one. Yeah. I got her a bow, and she's been shooting a crossbow. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, here in November, I'm going to not make it to work a couple of days. I already told the boss that. So I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Well, let us know how it goes, brother. All right, brother, man. Hey, you take care. All right. You guys are listening to Whitetail Theories Podcast.